It's a brand new year. Faith, no fear. Hey, everybody, Brian Sussman here, The Brian Sussman Show. Faith, family, freedom. I'm glad you're with me. I'm doing these podcasts on a very, very regular basis now. And as I like to say, just like I used to say on my San Francisco radio show, this is the hot talk. No punches pulled. I like it hot. I don't like it warm. I like it hot. Not boiling, just hot. Just the way God likes it. I like it hot. I like my coffee hot. I like my cars hot. I like my music hot. I like the sound system in my car hot. I like my nachos hot. I like my biscuits hot. I like my workouts hot. I like my vacations hot. I love life hot. I love my Savior hot, not lukewarm. And I love my wife because she is hot and has been hot since the first time I laid eyes on her when we were both 18. Again, faith, not fear. This is a brand new year. Default position on this program, always the truth. So let's go to the news. Not the fake news, the real news. In this particular case, the news I'm looking at has to do with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the son of the late U.S. Attorney General, a nephew of John F. Kennedy. He's a lawyer. In recent years, he's become a notorious anti-vaxxer. A notorious anti-vaxxer. Now, this guy, for decades, was a darling of the left, especially regarding his position on global warming and climate change. They loved where he was on that. But now, oh, now, he's taken a turn they don't like. And this guy, suddenly, he's like a, he's like a bastard child. What's the latest with him? Well, he has a book out. He has a book out with over 2,000 citations regarding vaccines. Citations are important. Citations used to be regarded by the left as, okay, that's credible. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't credible when I came out with my books, Eco-Tyranny and Climategate. Each one of those had, I think, let me see. Okay, I'm just going to grab, I'm going to grab Climategate off the shelf here. Oh gosh, I couldn't even count the number. Small type. One, two, three, four, five. That's probably, I'm guessing about 250, 300 citations in that book. All from primarily the federal government, NASA, highbrow universities. But uh, denied. You're a faker. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, let's move on. It's not about me. It's about Robert F. Kennedy in this particular case, because the latest is he's got this book out. The latest is he's talking uh, like someone who really knows what he's talking about. And his Instagram account has been removed. This is a guy who had almost a million followers on Instagram, and it's been removed for false coronavirus claims. Instagram owned by Facebook. Facebook confirmed the removal. They told the rap, quote, we remove this account for repeatedly sharing debunked claims about the coronavirus or vaccines. Of course, it was last week that Facebook, Instagram announced it was expanding its efforts to remove false claims about COVID-19 and the vaccines and the vaccines in general during the pandemic. Nothing to see here, people. Just move along. Just move along. So the guy's been censored. That's where we are. It's a censorship society. And this, this really and truly should frighten people on the left. 
to know that there are big players in tech who have become essentially the newspapers of the day who are silencing people, silencing individuals because they don't like their position. And in doing so, they've created a mindset among young people that it's okay to censor. In other words, the First Amendment should have some limits. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's, that's what a young person nowadays would say. Yeah, I'm cool with that. That's how I've grown up. It's been a part of my, my life. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Just If they, if they want to censor, that's fine. I, I get it. That's cool. We're creating a society where people play within this little box that is defined by the government. And that should be frightening to you, my friends. That's, that's not what God would have. That's not what God would have. And I'll tell you why. Because when the United States of America was founded, the whole idea was keep the government out of the church. Keep the government out of faith. Keep the government out. Keep it separate. The separation of church and state. Keep the government over here. In fact, the whole idea beyond religion, beyond spirituality, beyond faith, was keep the government out of our lives. We're going to put together a constitution that will keep the government from becoming too big and too powerful. Well, I think that ship has sailed in the minds of so many young people today, and sadly, older people too. The hippies from the 60s, who are now in large measure, run in this place. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But let's continue with Robert F. Kennedy, because I'm reading something over at the Gateway Pundit. I will put this link over at the briansussman.com website. Robert F. Kennedy. Kennedy is, has a call to action. Here's what he says. Again, this is on the Gateway Pundit piece. It's over at briansussman.com. By the way, I remind you, if you like what you're hearing in these podcasts, and I hope you do, uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you get a notification each time a new one comes out, because I'm pumped up about this podcast for 2022. Faith over fear, my friends. Robert F. Kennedy, here's what he says. Three things you need to remember in this critical day and age. Well, that's really interesting. Because Robert F. Kennedy, maybe he's, maybe he's coming closer to being a believer, a follower of Jesus. And I say that because I was on a Zoom call with him about, gosh, probably about a year ago, maybe less. And it was, it was, all, it was probably 80 people on the Zoom call, all, all moving, movers and shakers in the Christian world. A lot of people you'd never heard of, but a lot of these people own large companies, have large net worths, are very, very influential in their field of industry and beyond. And they all love Jesus. And they were on this call with him to talk about vaccines. At the very end of the call, the guy heading up the call, moderating, said, Robert F. Kennedy, could we, could we please pray for you? He said yes. And he bowed his head and closed his eyes. I don't know where he is, but my prayer is, oh, Lord, bring this guy into your kingdom. Bring him in, Lord. We need him. Not just as a voice for vaccines, but a voice at large. Here's what he says. Sounds like this guy's getting closer to me. Once government acquires power, it never lets go voluntarily. Two, every, government that gover every power that government acquires 
using this pat pandemic as a pretense, it will ultimately abuse to the maximum effect possible. This is a rule, Kennedy says, that is as certain as gravity. Three, no one has ever complied their way out of totalitarianism. Every time you comply, the demands will get greater and greater. Then he goes on to say this. Listen to this. We need to resolve here and now that this is the hill we need to die on. Friend, this is can I ask you this question? It, it, are you willing to die on this hill? Can I ask you a question, Mr. and Mrs. Christian? What, what hill are you willing to die on? In other words, is this the fight where you just throw it down and say, okay, I'm in, I'm in. That's what the founders of this country did. I have written about our founders extensively and the lives of the guys who signed the Declaration of Independence. Oh my gosh. Uh, most of these were, were wealthy, influential men. And so many of them lost everything. Their hill to die on was that document. And no sooner than they signed it, some went back to their homes, their farms, etc., and which were, you know, a, a day's journey away. The places have been ransacked by the Brits. Is this a hill you're willing to die on? If not, what hill is? I'm just asking the question. This is very important. What hill are you willing... Brother and sister in Jesus Christ, what hill are you willing to die on? I, you know, I... I it, it's something we need to ponder. Because... Robert F. Kennedy said something that's very important here. He talked about these being, what did he say, the last days? Um, uh, we haven't, we need to resolve here and now that this is the hill we want to die on. We have come, okay. He's saying that these demands will get greater and greater. He is saying, oh, he talked about this being a critical day and age. There it is. I'm going to tell you these three things that you need to remember in this critical day and age. Would you at least agree with me this is a critical day and age? I think so. And if these are critical day and ages, could these be indeed the last days? Well, they are. The Bible's very clear on that. As soon as Jesus died, rose from the grave, and sat at the right hand of the Father, these are the last days. But are these the last days of the last days? Listen to what he says. They have come for our jobs. They have come for our transport. Now they're coming for our children. We have an obligation as parents to protect them. There has never been a government in history that has told its people we are going to demand a child's sacrifice and take risks to save old people. It's always the other way around. The old, the mature, the adults always put themselves at risk to protect their children. This is an ethical issue. It's a moral issue. It's an issue of character for each of us. And it's an issue about democracy and public health. Wow. That is powerful. Faith, not fear, my friends. Faith, not fear. Okay, so where else are we going to go as we continue in this new year? Well, I want to go in this particular direction. I want to talk about finding real hope in this world gone mad. Because 
it's not just vaccines. We have record-setting inflation right now that is rapidly making so many people poorer. You go to the gas station. Friends, I'm out here on the left coast, San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, but it's so beautiful. (laughs) This place is a cesspool. It's a cesspool. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's, it's this beautiful exterior, this beautiful facade. But when you're in the major cities um, or in these significant cities or in the cities run by absolute crazy liberals, you get to a, a freeway overpass and you'll see certain areas along the freeway that are camps for homeless. I mean, ab- it's shocking, staggering, absolute camps for the homeless. Now, some, some of my critics would say, well, aren't you supposed to take care of the poor and the homeless? My daughter works in, uh, she's a psychotherapist, primarily specializing. I can't get into all the details because I don't want you to know who she is. But um, she is, she has a, a very prominent role in the community she lives in California, whereby uh, she, she works with drug addicts and alcoholics. And she does so in conjunction with the city in which she works. She works, I can't get into all the details. But the bottom line is this. She has told me this is not a a homeless issue in terms of poverty. These people are not poor and homeless. These people are drug addicts. It's a drug problem. It's a drug problem. And sadly, the government is not handling it properly. They're throwing band-aids and patches at it. Oh, well, we'll get them, we'll get them new tents. Oh, we'll get them some porta potties. Oh, we'll let them stay there and we won't kick them off. Oh, we'll make sure that they can go to this particular location and get food. They can go to this particular location and get uh, clothing. And uh, if they work the system right, they can go to this particular location and actually get uh, a roof over their head. That's, that's not solving the problem. These are drug addicts. And we can get into a long discussion why they're drug addicts. But the bottom line is, we have a problem in this country. And now we've got these tyrannical COVID policies decimating America's economy. And, and what's, what's driving all of this? Because you have this radicalized Democratic Party. This is not your, your mom and dad's Democrat Party, folks. These people are so far to the left. And it's... It's the Democrat Party and their friends in the media, the propagandists, who are audaciously attempting a full-scale Marxist reset of America. What is this all about? I've written about it extensively over the years. One aimed at overturning capitalism, upending the U.S. Constitution and its, its limited government, which we were just talking about, and individual rights as we know them. It's reimagining America's key institutions of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what this is about. What hill are you going to die on? This is, folks, this is serious business. And more fundamentally, and ultimately, there is a war being fought within the United States that is being waged against the American mind. It's a never-ending wave of assaults 
targeting core values, religious faith, historical memory, love of country, unanimity, happiness, sanity. The weapons being deployed against the American heart, mind, and soul are many. It, it, relentless daily accusations that America hands down the least racist nation on earth is somehow irredeemably racist and predatory, even genocidal. My wife loves to watch professional basketball. She loves watching the Golden State Warriors. It's a unique team. Um, <laughs> and I think it starts with, uh, it starts with um, Steph Curry, who we know was raised by uh, devout Christian parents. And uh, by and large, he's a, he's a pretty nice guy. And I think he sets the tone for that team because the team overall, the, the guys are pretty nice. They're not a bunch of punks. They're pretty nice guys. But she loves watching the Golden State Warriors. And so I watched the games with her because she, she's a huge basketball fan. And in fact, used to be a basketball co- high school basketball coach. She loves the game. Okay, great. I sit there and watch the game with her. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I, know, I know this much about basketball compared to what she does. But she loves the games. I, I watch these games. Now, how in the world, how in the world could anybody in the NBA say this is a racist country? Can we just... <laughs> Friends, <laughs> most of the players are black. You could watch, when I'm watching the, when I'm watching the Warriors... 90% of the time, it's all black athletes on the court. Now, how can you say this is a racist country? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> is there racism in this country? Sure there is. Uh, <laughs> does it work on all sides of the aisle? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is where the devil likes to tweak us. He likes us to be, the devil wants all people of all color to be racist. He does. That's, that's his game. Stir up hatred, animosity, division. That's what he loves to do. And that's why I tell you the truth of Jesus Christ is this. No racism. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, Period. 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 Nation's police now are maligned as white racist supremacists who routinely hunt and kill black people for sport. I mean, that's that's what we're told. And then, of course, we've got uh, normalization and forced acceptance of all of these various sexual persuasions. And finally, finally, it's beginning to to take hold in women's sports. There are a lot of women who are silently saying this sucks. I can't believe this. I've worked my whole life to have this this scholarship on this team at my college. And now what? Then you got the Biden administration maniacally portraying all of its political opponents as terrorists and violent extremists. January 6th, right? But there is hope. America has always been a land of opportunity, a land of freedom, a land of hope. Again, going back to the founding of this nation, the original founders in New England, they wanted this to be an outpost for the spreading of the gospel around the world. And in large measure, they were successful. I have friends in all parts of the world. 
who have told me, Christian friends working as missionaries, working as pastors, and they've told me, if America goes down, we all go down. And what does the enemy want? The enemy of our souls wants this country to go down. No, my friends, I'm keeping a chin up. Faith, not fear. Faith, not fear. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Something I told you yesterday in the podcast. Episode 94. This is episode 95. Episode 94. I said, you know what would be a great New Year's resolution for you? Take a knee every night. Every night beside your bed. I don't care if it's for five seconds or five minutes. Just thank the Lord for the day. Thank him for your many blessings. Thank him, thank him that you've got breath in your lungs to pray the prayer, if nothing else. Matthew 6.34 Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the, for the day is its own trouble. Anxiety, worry, fear, all from the devil himself. Those are personalities of Satan. That's, that's, that's not for you. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and not, do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be frightened. Don't be dismayed. The Lord is he's with you. He's for you and not, he's against, and not against you. He's got your back. Surrender to him. Surrender to him, my friend. Surrender to him. Take a big breath and surrender to God. Oh, but Brian, you say, I'm a sinner. You don't know about this sin in my life, that sin in my life. It starts with the first step, surrender to him. He'll take care of all the other stuff. Surrender to him. Surrender. Put your hands up. Just as if an enemy were taking you. Put your hands up. Although this is not your enemy. He's your, he's your father. Put your hands up saying, Father, I surrender. I surrender. Like the old hymn, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. Timothy 1, 6 and 7. For this reason I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us, ready, a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Love this scripture. Power, love, and self-control. Thank you, my friends, for allowing me to pop off. I hope this was encouraging. I, listen, there's a lot on the plate. There's a lot. We've got we've, we've to stay in the game here. We've got to have faith over fear. And the faith isn't just some, some quick self-help thing where I'm just going to have a positive attitude, just going just gonna to go forward, but chin up. No, your faith and your hope is in nothing less but Jesus and his righteousness. No banner of my own I proclaim, but only trust in his holy name. Or says, or so says the old hymn. God, bless my friends who are listening right now. Bless them from top to bottom. And God, please have mercy on the United States of America. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>